Welcome to Raising Consciousness with me, Lou Burrows, where raising human consciousness happens. On this show, I'm joined by guests to cover a range of topics and have conversations that will raise human consciousness for current and future generations. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hi everyone, welcome back to Raising Consciousness with your host, myself, Lee Burrows, and today we have Sam Flynn on the show, who is a dig- digital, if I can get my words out, well-being and social media coach and trainer. I'm really looking forward to having Sam on the show today, as we're going to be talking all about um, where and how our digital devices, or so our smartphones, etc., can be used in a positive way. And I really wanted to focus here because I sense and just feel like my general feeling is that in the world at large, there's a lot of ne- negativity. So whatever we can do to bring more light and more positivity is where I like to focus my time. But Sam, um, thank you for being here. We'd love um, to, um, yeah, we'd love you in like a, a couple of minutes to introduce yourself more. Like who is Sam Flynn? And yeah, we'll dive into the conversation. Uh, yeah, so... I mean, for me, social media has formed pretty much my whole career. I've been involved in the social media world for 12 years now, um, helping businesses grow using social media and training them in the marketing side of social media. And I think because I've been so immersed in it, I've seen as well the negative impact it can have. Um, My background's actually in business psychology. So I'm always really interested in human behavior and why we do what we do. And also like, as a result, our relationship with the digital world, which is what digital well-being is really all about, managing that relationship so you get more positives from it than negatives. Um, so I'm a mum of three as well, and none of them have a smartphone yet. So I'm really, really conscious of being a positive role model for them and making sure that they get the positive side of it and far less of the negative, which, um, as you said, seems to be something that is becoming more and more prevalent Um, and making sure that they use the digital world in a way that adds value to their life and doesn't Mm. deplete it. You know, totally. And so you said that you um, kind of been in social media for, it's like like over 12 years or something. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, take us right back. Like, how did you um, uh, start, like, like, enter that space? Um, Is that something like you always wanted to do or like fell into it yeah talk us about kind of your your journey and then we'll walk we'll walk through and um share yeah. Some value. yeah absolutely no very much fell into it I mean obviously well I'm 37 now so when I was at school social media wasn't a thing uh it didn't even mm. exist we were barely on the internet really I mean that sounds really archaic doesn't it but you know that's the reality I remember getting the internet at home and I think I was about God, I would have been about 15, maybe 16, and it was the dial-up internet. Um, that yeah. Some of your listeners will have no clue what I'm even going on about because it's that old. Um, but, you know, we, social media wasn't a thing when I was at school. So my career was never going to be a social media focus at all. Um, but, yeah, I did psychology and then business psychology, and that triggered me to start my first business, which was focused on employee surveys and employee engagement. And it was with that business that I just became really involved in the social media world and using it as a marketing tool. And I guess saw a bit of a gap really in that more and more businesses were using it, but there was no one really out there at the time or very few people out there at the time guiding them in how to do that. So I trained myself up and I um, started approaching businesses and it completely took over 
the um the other business you know it took over the survey business really really quickly because there was so much demand from businesses that were just in the dark about how to use social media um and it was a very different place back then as well in all honesty it was really easy to use because there was less volume of people on there everything was del delivered in chronological order so there was no algorithms there was no suggested post to you it was a case of find someone to follow and then see you'd see all of their posts so it was a very different landscape to what it is now um and obviously it's grown and grown and grown and there are many many more people like me out there delivering training now to businesses yeah ab absolutely and so um when then you started to I guess, move away from that and focus your attention more on helping people mm. to manage their relationship with it. Was that out of seeing the and the negative effects of how people were using was you was using it? Or was there other reasons why you decided to shift in that direction? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely there's a few things that were starting to speak to me about making the change. Um, the, really, it was very much pandemic led, as many of these career changes have been. But during the pandemic, I found that, you know, I was home alone with three girls because my husband was able to go out to work. So he was in construction. My youngest, I mean, they were like, yeah, my youngest was 17 months. My other two were four and six. Trying to run a business with them at home all day, every day had become almost impossible without using my phone to do it. Because, um, you know, if I sat with on the sofa with my laptop on my knee, my 17 month old would bash it. If I was sat at my desk, they'd all be like clamoring for my attention. But I found if I sat on my phone, that was just normal to them. So I found I was on my phone so much during the pandemic that by the time it started to kind of ease out of it, um, my phone was practically glued to my hand all the time. And it was when my middle daughter said to me like, mom, you're not even listening to me, you're just on your phone. You're always on your phone. You, you know, you never listen to me. I was like, oh my God, I'm I'm properly addicted. And and I really kind of thought, wow, we're, it's not just me. You know, I know it's not just me. I know there's other people out there that are like this and struggling with this. So I started doing loads of research, reading loads of books, watching loads of YouTube videos about it. So that was kind of stage one, more of a personal interest in how I could lower my usage and get more positive impact out of it than negative. Um, the second part of that really was I started to crumble a bit mentally during the pandemic as well um and just sort of find it hard like a lot of people did and so kind of around July time I decided I'm just going to take a month off social media and I deleted all the apps from my phone and it was like within a week of them being deleted my mental health just steadily improved um so I, again it was like mm, there's something here there's a really big correlation between those social media apps being on my phone and my mental health so that was sort of stage two. And then stage three was really just 12 years in the same career. I started to get itchy feet and think about maybe I can sort of turn this into a new career and something different that while everyone's thinking about it, there's not many people out there that are going and coaching and helping people and also businesses as well. You know, that's part of what I do now as well, going and helping businesses understand how to create a positive digital culture rather than a culture of people who are permanently glued to their emails or having to check in at 10 o'clock at night or having to take their work phone on holiday with them. So, um, yeah, it was the realization that actually there's, there's a lot I could do to here to, to help people overcome this and see the positives. Yeah. So, it, um, starting with like 
maybe the the individual and then moving into business what are some ways in which we can create that more positive culture with our devices ultimately so i think the thing to focus on always is what's going to bring fulfillment to my life it's like what's going to mm. um i was talking to someone out about it just before this conversation actually you know if by the end of our lifetime we're saying to people i'm so glad i achieved this 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 and this where do our phones come into that um you know, so actually focusing on what do I really want to get out of life and, and in living a fulfilled life and in feeling like I've lived a fulfilled life when I am on that um, very late in life, hopefully deathbed. Um, and I guess it kind of is a bit similar to that, uh, that saying, isn't it, that, you know, no one on their deathbed says, I wish I'd watched more TV. Um, and, you know, the same will be true of device, any other device. I wish I'd been on my phone more, for example. So instead, we need to be thinking like instead of feeling like we're wasting time on it, we need to be um, gaining advantage. So um, several things we can do with that. First is having a conscious use rather than an unconscious use. So just stopping before we pick up a device or log into social media, thinking like, what am I aiming to get out of this right now? And is it something that is going to benefit me or is it something that is going to just be wasting my time so re being really conscious rather than letting them control us and just go oh suddenly my phone's in my hand and I've been scrolling on TikTok for half an hour actually going and picking up a phone and thinking oh what do I want to get out of this now and how can I use this now that's going to fulfill me rather than deplete me then also of course making sure we're following people that bring us joy um, and training the algorithm, because it's not just simply a case of following anymore, is it? You know, if you go on your TikTok feed, most of what you're seeing is from people you don't follow on TikTok. So you need to train the algorithm. Um, you know, if you start focusing in on things that are hugely negative or you feel make you cross or angry or give you any negative emotion, then unfortunately, the algorithm is going to learn that and it's going to give you more and more of that. You know, I noticed once on TikTok, I had looked at a true crime story and it was quite horrifying, actually, showing you all the, the CCTV images of like women being, you know, taken off the streets and stuff. And I remember watching it all the way through and afterwards feeling like anxious and upset and all negative emotions. But the next time I went on TikTok, they delivered a new one to me because the algorithm had been learned that, gosh, you watched that all the way through. Let's show her more. She wants to see more of that. So really making sure we're paying attention to the things that give us the positive emotions that make us laugh, make us happy. And then making sure that if there's anything that immediately makes us feel sad, upset, angry, lowers our self-esteem, anything like that, scrolling quickly past it. Um, and there are measures actually on all of the platforms to, to hide things like that. And it will learn then. So, you know, there's usually three dots in the top corner, for example, that you can click on and say, you know, hide posts like this. And, and you're teaching the algorithm what you want to see, which mm. is a huge benefit. Sam, just on um, that point, you, just on, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, just, no, just on that point, how long from your experience does the algorithm take to, I guess, kind of learn that? And what I mean by that is, so like, I've done that, that before, you know, um, don't want to see this. Um, was it, it was, it's actually on Twitter, for, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like, the next day something similar still came up so i'm wondering like how yeah so i'm curious and like how many times do you know does one need to continue to say don't want to see this for the algorithm for the algorithm to learn 
to actually pay, pay attention to. Um, yeah, I mean, it depends on the platform. Some of them are better than others. Um, Twitter is probably not 100% up there. You know, TikTok, I find quite quick to learn. Instagram, similarly, quite quick to learn. Um, but if you're seeing it again, I think I would also do it exactly the same again. I don't want to see this and keep telling it. Um, but most of the time they are, it, they are pretty savvy um, and they should pick up on it quite quickly. Um, because the enjoy of it being computer learning rather than human learning is those computers can work, you know, millions of times faster than we can as humans. Their, you know, their learning is is a million times more advanced than ours. So it should be relatively quick. Um, I would definitely, if you're seeing anomalies still and thinking, hang on, I, I already told them I don't want to see this. You're just going to unfortunately have to keep telling them. Um, as I say, kind of TikTok and Instagram are generally their machine learning is pretty rapid. Um, Twitter, on the other hand, maybe it'll improve. You know, there'll be some big changes, obviously, with Elon Musk being at the helm. But um, but yeah, Twitter's never really been the the quickest when it comes to the uh, the computer learning. And also Twitter in itself is generally, because it's so opinion focused, there's just so much breadth of of kind of opinions and stuff on there. It's a very different sort of machine learning to watching videos of cats roller skating as opposed to watching videos of people being murdered. You know, that's very quick kind of learning because it's through video format. Um, whereas when there's so many different opinions being shared, it can it can kind of warp the algorithm somewhat. Interesting. Yeah, I think it... Um, so I mostly use Twitter for probably more personal use with like football stuff because mm. um, it's, it's quite good yeah. to kind of um, get inside yeah. news, <laughs> I guess. Um, so uh, and then yeah something yeah. came up at, at, and i was like i think it was like about another club that i didn't really care about so it wasn't nothing like okay. negative or, or or anything but yeah. it was just like i don't want, don't want to see this and then it came up again or and then it was yeah because yeah on 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 there you know like fans can talk about like other clubs and stuff and i'm just like I, why do i want to know what yeah. I, this fan thinks about the club that i support you know <laughs> like i just not interested so i was like kept turning it off but it kept coming up so um, it's good to know that different yeah. platforms mean different things. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. And, and like I say, just keep telling it because it might be picking up the wrong thing. It might be thinking you maybe don't want to see one aspect of it rather than another aspect of mm. it. So the more you it picks up because if it's a certain team or anything like that, the better it will learn. So we do need to, yeah, we are in control of them. Rather, but, you know, often it can feel the other way around. I think mm. that's the important thing to remember. We can have control. They are designed to be addictive. They are designed to show us things that we'll, we will spend the longest time looking at because the more time we spend on those apps, the more money they can generate, the more they can learn about us, the more they can deliver adverts that are highly applicable to us. Um, because every video we watch, every post we stop and read is telling the computer system what we're interested in and um, teaching the computer what the best ads are to deliver to us and therefore make us more likely to buy from those ads which which makes money for the platform so you know they are all designed to be addictive they do have experts all of the social media platforms have experts in their teams who are trained in addiction and working with addiction in turn on the negative side really and trying to get us more and more addicted so as a result we've got to put the steps in place because they're not going to um to make sure that we see the positive impact of that rather than the negative mm. and what's your like opinion thoughts on um 
app blockers. So I have this, so I've got an iPhone and so this is like a setting where I can mm -hmm. block certain apps and, you know, so I've kind of set that up. Um, so yeah, you know, um, so that, so, you know, it, like for example, in the morning, um, you know, I only use like my phone, uh, for like a guided meditation. So the meditation app is the only app that I can, you know, click on, I, you, you know, and so, uh, and then it's, Got, I think it's called like sleep sleep time or something. So all the apps lock at a certain time at night, type of thing. So what what's your uh, opinion on on those? They're really good. Um, the good thing with any of those kind of blocking apps is they just create a friction between you getting access to the app and not getting access. So um, for some of them, so for instance, on iPhones in the screen time settings, yes, you can set it all up, but you can also very quickly override it. So that's the thing to make sure that while it's setting that friction in place of like, actually, oh, I can't go on Instagram, for example, until nine o'clock in the morning. But actually, if I click on Instagram, I can make the decision to maybe gain a, a minute on it now or 15 minutes on it now or just override it for the day and give me access all day so I can still override it. That's probably in some respects the downside, um, but it does create the friction and stops us, you know, like, oh, actually, do I want to go on this? You know, I'm still in my downtime. I'm still in the time where I'm not supposed to be on it. I think giving yourself access to apps that give you positive results like guided meditations is a really, really good idea. Um, and there are there are other app blockers out there such as Freedom is a really good one, um, a paid app blocker that completely denies you all access. Um, and again, you can log into Freedom, you can change all that if you absolutely have to, but it's trickier to do than just pressing a button. Um, so freedom is a really good one for having outright no access whatsoever. And what I like about freedom is that you can use it on all devices as well. So if I'm busy with with something on work, I can stop all access to different things on my computer, different websites, that kind of thing to make sure I'm fully focused. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the key is that it's creating that friction, which it's just too easy. Again, I was saying to someone before, we can just literally pick up our phone with Face ID, we're on our phone in seconds. We can be on an app within a second, you know, phone up, app on. We don't have to input a code or anything anymore. So anything we can do to create that friction that stops that happening, such as setting your screen time limits, is a really good thing. Um, one thing I have on mine, actually, is I'm only, I only allow myself 20 minutes a day on social media on my phone. Um, because I run a business, I probably sometimes need to spend more, but I'll do as much as I can of it on desktop rather than on my phone so that my phone's not in my hand and I'm not sat there mindlessly scrolling. Um, and every time it pops up to tell me I've done my 20 minutes, I it's that reminder, yeah, you've, you've done 20 minutes, that's enough. You don't need to be spending any more time than that on there and it makes me put my phone down. So I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the, um, the, 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 the uh, as you are saying about like the, um, the friction. So um, there's been a few times where it's like popped up and I've, realize that actually why am i going on to that app you know as you're saying it kind of questions you so you are you yeah. are more more conscious and i have to see i didn't know about freedom so i'm going to check that one out i would recommend everyone as well who's listening but there was another one that was also a paid one that was um forgot what it, it, it forgot what it was called but um again you, you couldn't override it um which i think is yeah. is is good ultimately yeah because, I mean, unfortunately, human nature is, especially when it comes to addiction, it's kind of like 
putting a packet of cigarettes in someone's pocket and then saying, you want, mm. you need to stop quitting now. Sorry, you need to stop smoking now. But this packet of cigarettes will always be in your pocket. Just don't touch them. You know, yeah. eventually willpower will break down and you're going to take one of the cigarettes out of the packet. And that's the problem, I think, with phones is that they're always on us. You know, they're always with us. Um, so expecting ourselves to just stop naturally and just just, just don't do it isn't going to happen. So putting that friction in place, you know, for a smoker, that might be, I haven't got any cigarettes in the house. Therefore, I've got to physically leave the house and go to a shop and ask for them and pay for them. That's a lot of mm. friction um, to help overcome that addiction. And so the same is true with our phones or whatever device you find yourself on more than you want to. It's just putting in any form of friction um, between you and that device will just kind of help build that willpower up a lot quicker. In terms of, again, like going back to the positive uses, what are some positive ways ha that you've used um, like your phone or just yeah, I mean, to be fun, to be honest, like people expect me for what I do, and I do talk a lot about reducing phone use. They expect me to like not even have a smartphone, and to um, you know be one of these people who's just got an old school Nokia that does nothing more than you know make calls, texts, and play Snake on. Um, but I absolutely love my phone, and I could not be without it. I, and it, it really is a management relationship. So you mentioned one earlier. Um, any kind of mindfulness apps, I love Insight Timer. That's um, probably my favorite mindfulness app because there is just so many, there's such a broad range of different meditations and affirmations, you know, and often I will go on Insight Timer and I will play affirmations while I'm working. So I absolutely love that. So that's, a re that's really positive for me because if that's playing, it actually stops me picking up my phone and, and going on social media because I'm, my phone's in use kind of thing, um, playing positive affirmations to me as I'm working. Um, music. So having so quick access to our favorite music, I think is a really positive thing. You know, music has such a powerful way of improving our outlook and our mental health. So just being able to very quickly play our favorite songs, I think is so powerful. Um, the camera as well, you know, as a mum especially, like being able to capture moments all the time to you know again I'm going to sound really archaic saying this but you know when I was a teenager we would have to have a roll of film that you put in a camera and you take it to get developed and you didn't know what the pictures were going to look like until you went to pick them up five days later and you'd be really like picky in a way it was a good thing you'd be really picky about what you were going to take a picture of because every picture would cost you money whereas now actually the ability to just take loads of memories um, and I live in Manchester but my family live in the Isle of Man um, so being able to then share those memories instantly with them, you know, my kids were in a dance show the other night, being able to just go, oh, look, watch them, you know, watch them in their dance show and send them videos of it, I think is incredible. So that connectivity to people who are far away in particular is, I, I couldn't be without that with my family not being close by um, and being able to FaceTime and talk to them. I think actually that's when we're talking about positive aspects of phones, I think sometimes we forget it's a phone. Um, I think people have kind of lost the fact that they can talk to people on it. Um, you know, me and my sister FaceTime all the time. Our youngest are very similar in age. So the kids will FaceTime each other um, on our phones. And I just can't imagine not having the ability to do that. And I think the digital world is amazing with the way it's allowed us to, allowed us to be connected and 
as I say, even though kind of my addiction very much grew during the pandemic and my mental health declined during the pandemic as well, um, I also acknowledge actually how different things would have been if we weren't digitally plugged in during that time, if we weren't able to do Zoom calls and FaceTime and speak to people when we couldn't see them face to face. I think it would have been a very, very different scenario that would have played out. So, yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I am a big fan, um, but I'm also a big fan of making people aware that they need to be in control of it rather than the other way around. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a bit like, so a bit like um, health, right? And so what I mean kind of mean by that is, or, or like not, not so much health, but like food, for example. So what I mean by that is that a lot of people kind of in, like when it comes to that, thinks that the same calories that are in a donut are the same as in an apple but the nutritional value yeah. is completely different. Right. Um, and so, yeah. and so what came to, up for me was you spending 10 minutes on your phone or, you know, using inset insight timer is a completely different 10 mm -hmm. minutes compared to spending 10 minutes on Twitter. And so it's just mm -hmm. that understanding that actually time spent on, on our phone isn't always the same, if that makes sense. And I wondered if you would also go along yeah. with that. Oh, absolutely. No, 100%. I mean, I always actually give the food analogy for, for consumption because yeah. we we know and we're conscious of what we should be consuming physically through our mouths and into our stomachs. We're also conscious of that. We know what's healthy. We know what's what. But actually, a lot of people aren't conscious of what they're consuming through their eyeballs um, or through their ears um, through the digital world. So, you know, it's a big part of our well-being as well. It's not just what we're physically consuming also what we're mentally consuming all the time um and it's so true that you know like you say consuming a donut compared to an apple are two completely different things and consuming you know mindfulness and meditation as opposed to consuming murder stories on tiktok are two completely different things and are going to have different well-being outputs from us as a result um so and that consciousness actually once it clicks in place is amazing because Obviously, it's like with food again, there's a balance, isn't there? You know, having that kind of donut every now and again is fine. You know, and having a scroll on TikTok every now and again, absolutely fine. But when you find yourself on there, you know, when you find yourself eating 10 donuts a day or spending four hours a day on TikTok, that's when you've got to go, is this good for my well-being? Just, my, just like you would if your diet was poor. Um, you know, what is your content diet? What is your digital diet? And what are you consuming that is not having that great well-being impact um, compared to what you could be consuming. So I think, yeah, the food analogy is always a really good one and really gets people thinking about mm. their consumption on a digital basis. And what pushbacks, if any, have you had when working with people? Oh, so many. So the, the first one is usually when I say to people, just, you know, don't have your phone next to you in bed because so many people are in the habit of getting into bed and scrolling on their phone, which has a few negative impacts. So first of all, if you're getting into bed and scrolling for hours, you're losing those hours of sleep, but then also you're feeding light into your eyeballs that tells your brain that it's daytime and not nighttime. So it really negatively impacts our deep sleep then as well. Um, so I say to people, well, just either don't have your phone in the bedroom or have it out of reach in the bedroom. And they go, oh, but it's my alarm clock. 
I need it there because it's I use it for an alarm. So that's the, that's the number one reason everyone says they have their phone in their bedroom is because it's an alarm well, clock, which is a complete lie we tell ourselves. Considering you can buy yeah. an alarm clock for probably get an alarm clock for a fiver, you know. So mm. that's a massive pushback. Um, other people actually say they don't know what else to do with their time other than look at their phone because it's become such a part of their life. And they spend so long scrolling that they don't know what else to do other than scroll. Um, I've actually just been doing a coaching session with someone before this um, to help them reduce their phone use. And we went through a list of about 50 different things they could do that would bring them joy or health or happiness instead of looking at their phone. And then they're going to circle the ones that they're going to do. So every time they go to pick up their phone, they're going to be like, oh, actually, I'm just going to spend five minutes having a good stretch and, you know, easing off all the muscle tensions. And, and then I might look at my phone, but at least I've done five minutes of stretching first. So, yeah, the, the kind of the boredom and what else should I do is often a big one. And I do say to people, if you are wanting to reduce your use, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to replace that use with. Um, I was listening to I can't remember what the podcast was, actually. Um, it might have been, I can't remember. Anyway, I was listening to a podcast and someone was saying how they're back to the smoking analogy. Their dad was a smoker, but only smoked in the car and the cigarettes were kept in the door of the car. So as soon as he got in the car, it was automatic for him to get a cigarette and put it in his mouth. So when he gave up, he put lollipops in the door of the car instead so that there was a replacement for, for that action, that habit that, you know, of action. So again, like replacing the habit of picking up your phone with another action um, is is really important too. Um, so for example, if you are in the habit of getting into bed and scrolling, start reading in bed instead, get into bed and read for 10 minutes. And then you've still done something when you've got into bed rather than just turning the lights off and going to sleep. Um, but it hasn't involved scrolling on your phone. Um, so yeah, um, that's that's always one in the bedroom, it has to be next to me because my alarm clock's on. And then the other big one is I don't know what else to do with my time. Um, and I think that's just because the habit is so ingrained in people. The alarm clock one is, um, is it's interesting because you can, for me anyway, and how like I look at it, obviously you could buy a cheap alarm clock, but if people did want to use their phone for whatever reason, actually having the alarm clock over having your phone over the other side of the room is actually going to help you to get up to get out of bed and up rather than pressing yeah. snooze and going back to sleep you know what i'm saying so like even that exactly. it, it, can, it can be used for a positive Throwing right the like, way around yeah yeah um, absolutely that's exactly what i do to be honest my phone mm. is still in the bedroom it's on the other side of the room i have to get up out of bed to turn off my alarm and then i'm up um as opposed to it's next to you you turn off your alarm and then your phone's there and you're like actually i'll just lie in bed for 10 minutes scrolling um, cause I was speaking to someone about this the other day, actually. And she said, her mornings are always manic in a rush to get ready because she's in the habit of turning off her alarm and then scrolling on social media in bed. Um, and she's like, the time just goes so fast that sometimes she can be laid there for an hour without realizing it. Um, so yeah, having it the other side of the room is a real definite positive use of, <laughs> of your phone alarm clock. Yeah, definitely. And even, you know, a lot of um, people I know have the habit of, um, pressing snooze and then go back to sleep, but they might only get, go back to sleep for like half an hour, which actually from what yeah. I've learned from like sleep cycles, isn't a full sleep cycle. So they're actually more tired because they haven't gone through a it never, yeah. you know, never uh, sleep cycle. So even, um, you know, for the, you know, if yeah. you want to overcome the habit of pressing snooze, you know, that also um, definitely helps with that as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause once you're out of bed, you're out of bed. Mm. There's no getting back in. That's so. it. <laughs> 
That's it. Awesome, Sam. Um, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and everything. Um, before we wrap this episode up, I would love to, well, firstly, share with everyone where they can get in touch with you, learn more about the work that you do. And secondly, yeah, do you have, have any final thoughts, words of wisdom that you would love to share with our audience today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ironically, you can find me all over social media and people do always say to me, particularly when I share reels or TikTok videos about this, like this is so ironic because you're sharing it from a phone. But it's such a good use of my phone again to share the good word and share the positive use of social media in the digital world. Um, so I'm on Instagram. I'm on um, TikTok and I'm on uh, YouTube as well. I share a YouTube video every week. You can find me either just by searching Sam Flynn or I'm Sam Flynn SM on Instagram and on TikTok. I'm use your phone less. Um, and then my final words of wisdom would be um, back to what we talked about at the start, really. You know, what to, to you does a fulfilling life look like? Really close your eyes, think about it deeply, meditate on it. What is a fulfilling life? And then ask yourself the question, where does my phone come into that? Where is it going to hold me back from living my fulfilled life? And where can I use it in a way that is going to bring amazing value in living this fulfilled life that I am manifesting and imagining and creating for myself? And I think when we go into that deep thought about it, it really helps to switch over our mindset. No, totally, totally. And and I think like even when people say to you about, um, you know, you're using a phone to create this, but it's like, it's it actually summarizes it partly for me anyway, like what we're talking about. We're not saying not to use your phone. We're saying to use your phone for the positive, right? For the good, to bring more light to others, to bring more consciousness, Absolutely. to bring more awareness, to for it to add something, add value to ultimately to our life. And uh, obviously you creating your content and sharing that message is doing that. So um, definitely needed. Um, and so yeah, thank you for sharing your wisdom here today on raising consciousness. Um, Awesome. I will include all those links down below so our audience can check you out. And if you're listening or watching on YouTube, I would definitely recommend that you do so. Um, and all that's left for me to say is, Sam, thank you once again for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. And for more after today's show, be sure to head on over to raisingconsciousness.show to get all of the show notes, transcriptions, videos for each episode, and a hell of a lot more. And if you got value from this episode, found it insightful, or learned a thing or two, please leave a review where you can let everyone know that this show is worth checking out. I appreciate you so much. You'll be hearing from me in the next episode.